Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Apple Store. Soho, how are we doing tonight? I don't know. I was kind of hoping for a little bit more. Let's do that one more time. I'm pretty excited about this. Guys, how are we doing tonight? Come on. That's what I'm looking for. There we go. That's good. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome tonight's guests, Fred Armisen, Carrie Brownstein, and this evening's guest moderator, NPR's Ari Shapiro. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Welcome. How much do you love this Apple store? Isn't this like the best one? I'm a sucker for everything Apple. Anything that comes out, I buy it without even knowing what it is. He was just talking backstage about his iPad, actually. By the way, this one's Fred. The Hi. other one's Carrie. And I'm Ari. And um, to start with, Fred and Carrie, how did you guys know each other? You met long before this show began. Sadly, this is not... We can't agree on the when we met or where. But it was through music, right? Yes. Yeah, we had mutual friends, and uh, she knew some friends of mine, and she would stay with them in Chicago. But I, we can't figure out where exactly we met. It's either in New York or San Francisco. We, I did a live thing once, and Carrie came to that show. If, if some of you don't know, Carrie used to be in the band Slater Kinney. Woo! And Fred was in the band... Trenchmouth. 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 Woo! <laughs> And so you decided to collaborate, but instead of taking the obvious step of collaborating on a music project... Yeah, we, did, we decided to make uh, videos instead. So that was called Thunder Ant, and this show is kind of like that come to more fruition, right? So you, you made a bunch of Thunder Ant videos, posted them on the web. How did it become a show? Mm, well, last year I think we, we had about 14 videos online, and we just wanted to formalize the process and we wanted to be more intentional about it, so we came up, we brought the idea to Broadway Video, and... Uh, Broadway Video is the production company, Michaels the Lorne Michaels. Company. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we pitched it to IFC, and... They, were, they <laughs> were great about it. IFC was the first place we went to, and they wanted to do a pilot, and then from there we did the episodes. And Thunder Ant was not necessarily Portland, Oregon focused, so how did the show become Portlandia? We, we just, I mean, that's always where we shot, for the most part, and then it just became, we just figured out that that's where all the characters were from. So it just, it was by default. Carrie lives in Portland. Yes, she does. As did I. Are you I. guys really from Portland, all these people? Wow, this is like half that's the crowd. That's crazy. Um, Ari's, from, very big in Port Ari's Portland. from Portland. Yeah, Beaverton High School. Um, <laughs> but, but Fred, you're not. So did you have to go through some kind of Portland boot camp to, to learn... C Carrie taught me everything. She, she picked me up at the airport, and every, everything I know of Portland is through Carrie's eyes. You know, at the, the airport, you learned that Portland is one of the few cities in America where even the taxi drivers are white? Yeah, there is, the, there is that element to it. Um, yeah, all the cool restaurants, and uh, I, I, I'm still learning about Portland, though. So can you put into words what it is about Portland that you were trying to capture in, in the show? Um, we weren't trying to capture anything of it. We were just... Uh, it, it, it was just such a good background. It was a good setting for everything. It was perfect. There's something that's very, um, I guess, kind of like benign in a very kind way that allows the characters to kind of pop out a little bit. Um, so you say Portland has this benign character that you were trying to capture, but there's also a real dark sense of uh, judgmentalism, maybe? Um, I guess... I like to characterize Portland as uh, a city 
that has a lot of self-esteem populated by people that have a lot of self-doubt. And I think that we cluster around this sort of beautiful place in, in hopes of making ourselves feel better. And uh, so I think that what you're, I think there is a passive aggressiveness that comes from trying to do the right thing and, and sort of wondering how to go about doing the right thing. And it does become a little bit of an internal conflict. So I think a lot of our characters are, you know, in this kind of tyrannical way, trying to be really kind. Um, would, would you consider this show more of a love letter to Portland or more of flipping the bird, if you'll excuse the no, expression? No, it's absolutely a love letter. It's a love postcard. We, I love that place. It's great. And the, I mean, everyone, everywhere we shot, uh, they, they, everyone was so kind to us. It was just the best. And why do you think a show that is so location specific has hit such a chord in cities that are not Portland? Well, I think that Portland, you know, the, the sort of incessant optimism and ideology of Portland is something that a lot of other cities can relate to. There's just this kind of progressive fulcrum to Portland that exists in Williamsburg or Silver Lake and Los Angeles and Austin and Madison, Wisconsin. You know, it just, Portland just happens to be the most, a, a kind of an extreme idealized version of that, but I think that a lot of other people are following suit. Let's do a quick rundown. Are you both on Facebook? No, I don't do Facebook. I think we have a, we Kay. do have a Portlandia thing set up, but I'm not personally. Carrie, Facebook, yes, no? Yes. Twitter? No. no. Tumblr? No. no. Uh, do you have a YouTube channel? No. Describe how a sketch like this takes shape. That was like, um, that was more of a vague idea. We knew where it was going to begin. But a lot of that stuff happens um, with editing. The editors kind of, uh, Doug Lessenhop came up with the, this idea to kind of cram everything together and have that kind of an ending. So a lot of times we shoot something and we shrug and go like, I, I think there's something there. And the, edit the editors do a great job. And so do you spend 10 minutes doing stuff that ends up in a two-minute sketch? No, we spend three hours doing really? something that ends up in a two-minute sketch. And, and how much of it is scripted and how much is improvised? Um, I mean, like Half and half. Like, we have an outline and we follow it. And then as we're shooting, uh, whatever seems to be working is what we go with. So, so the director will kind of say, okay, why don't you do more of that? Did you have a director with Thunder Ant, or was it just the two of you when you just were doing us. those sketches? Just us and Patrick, this and, one camera guy. And so how different was it to now have a full crew and set on scene a director and a, the entire force of IFC behind you? Um, I mean, it was remarkably different in some ways, but I think one of the reasons this show is unique is because we kept it in sort of an insular, rarefied environment. I mean, we had IFC being really generous with us in terms of um, creative input and creative control, and their, their ideas were really good for us. And then... Um, you know, we shot in Portland with local crew. And what was it 18 days, 63 locations? Yeah, it was yeah. bananas. But it also made us perform better because because there's a whole crew. We knew we had to uh, we knew we had to uh, kind of deliver. You know what I mean? Because all these people were depending on this to go well, so we couldn't really mess around. Um, what was it like in Portland when you nobody had seen this show? They didn't know whether it was going to be a love letter or a mockery. How did people treat you during those 18 days? People were really like, they contributed so much to it. Like every joke, because uh, people in our crew, there's one guy, the props guy, who's really Portland. He has a 503 tattooed on his arm. and That's the area code for Portland. He, he, he really does, and he drives around in an ambulance. That's like he's like, kind of converted this ambulance, yeah. so he's very Portland. Oh, and he lives in a trailer that's decorated like a sweat sock. It's painted like a sweat sock. What does that look like? I it don't has know a, how that It would... has a stripe running 
around the perimeter. Anyway. So, uh, yeah, so everyone contributed. They got he the added joke, a joke and to the they, show. Or yeah. he was in the show? What was he was in the show a couple of times. He's done a couple of things in it. But um, uh, my point was that people were into it. Also, the people who let us shoot in all their locations. Like, we do this feminist bookstore sketch, and uh, that's at a real feminist bookstore. And the owners were really nice about it, and they saw what we were doing. And they never once were like, I don't see what the joke is. Well, I was going to ask, do people... <laughs> um, when... When people have seen it, have people in Portland been able to take the joke? Are they able to laugh at themselves? Yeah, so if I, as far as I know. You t- <laughs> Fred doesn't live there, but... Um, no, they, they do. They, I think, I mean, I feel like, well, when we went on our little walk around, sorry to keep making about Ari and I, but... It was um, really fun, Fred. <laughs> I know. It's too bad you couldn't Where do was that. I? I think you were here. You were playing Barack Obama or something, <laughs> I don't know. Or Mahmoud Ahmadinejad or one of those world leaders. Yeah, to answer your question, Portland, I think Portland has a sense of humor about itself. It's a self-conscious city, and part of that is, is knowing how to laugh at, at ourselves. You had never done television before, and um, in addition to working with Fred, this show has just a litany of celebrity cameos. Was it at all intimidating to step up and operate on that level? Well, I think it helped that Fred and I had actually been performing together for five years, which is a pretty long time to work out a dynamic and figure out our chemistry. And like I said, it was kind of made in a strange insular environment. So I have a bit of a fearless quality. I mean, I... I never would have guessed that about you. (laughs) I've performed for a long time in a band, so I think that that helps in terms of... Is musical improvisation helpful when you're doing this kind of improvisation, or is it completely different muscles? Muscles? Um... No, metaphorical it's, muscles. No, I know, I know. I, I wasn't, wasn't trying to think of a specific muscle group, but I... Does it involve the triangle? I mean, I think that a lot of improvisation, whether it's music or comedy, is capitalizing on a moment and having disparate parts come together and cohere in a way that's spontaneous and surprising. And I think that it's also a lot about energy. So I think in some ways it is, it is really similar and wasn't that much of a stretch in terms of that. And... And she was a natural, too. She was so funny all the way through. Well, for you, how was doing something like this? Yes, she is great in the show. We applaud Carrie. Um, no, they're <laughs> applauding my speech pattern and, and how I You've speak. I get that cadence. all the time. It's really you sh- weird. You should be on NPR. Yeah. You've got a really good intonation. <laughs> I do. Thank you. Um, and so, Fred, how is doing this show different from the sketch comedy show that you do every week on NBC? Well, um, you know, the obvious thing is the live factor of it. At SNL, you know, we've got an audience there, and we know right away whether or not something works. I, I cued that up myself, actually. That's like, good soundtrack. Uh, so, um, so, so that's the major part of it. And then, other than that, I mean, there's like the whole location thing. I mean, just being in a different city and everything. So, I think we have time for some audience questions at this point. And IFC has a, 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 an exciting wrinkle, which is that anybody who asks a question gets a Portlandia gift bag. So we have microphones in the audience, and, and there's we would iPads ask that in those, you right? wait can we, until... Can we arrange mic- that, right? iPads? I'd, I'd like to ask a question in that case. Um, okay, we have a question right here. Hi, so this is a question for Fred. Yeah. Um, what was it like to work with Tim and Eric? Well, you know... Can you first explain who Tim and Eric are? I can't. Uh, uh, Tim and Eric is a show the, that's uh, on Adult Swim... And our director is from that show. Jo- Jonathan Kreisel is from Tim and Eric. And they, they, for me personally, were a huge inspiration to do the show. 
I remember visiting them in, in L.A., and they had, like, a studio there, and I thought, oh, I want this. This is great. Like, they have their own universe. So they're a huge influence, and those guys are great and, like, the funniest. I think they're great. Because oh, cause I did a, a, something on their show a couple of times. Yeah, so they're, they're great. They're swell guys. Are they normal guys? Yeah, they're very normal, and, like, they're very careful with how they do comedy. It's really nice to watch them. Like, they put stuff up on a bulletin board, and they're very methodical. And they're hard workers. They have a r real factory going there. The best. There are some questions in the back. Um, Carrie, so you obviously came from Slater Kinney. You had a very fervent kind of fan following. And Fred, you came from, or you're still at Saturday Night Live with another huge kind of you know fan following. Did you ever feel like you had to take that audience into account when making Portlandio? Or did you want to kind of cultivate this new audience with your, with your show? So, No, I, I, I thought about that a little bit. I thought about, we always, as we were doing the show, I thought, like, I do want it to be entertaining. So I, I, we, I tried not, or we tried not to be too indulgent with stuff. We, you know, we tried to make sure that it was the joke that mattered the most. I tend to not keep, I think it's, it's tricky when you're in a creative endeavor to actually not keep the audience in mind, and I try not to, because I think that pandering is something that's sort of antithetical to doing anything interesting. But I do think there's a, a thread of earnestness that Fred and I have in all of our endeavors that we were aware of in this, too, and really wanted it to be earnest. But this also feels like such a send-up of earnestness. I mean, so often the butt of the joke is the earnest person. I, we didn't think about it that far. <laughs> really, I mean, when we do when we do stuff, we we think pretty much in the moment in a way, and we, we just hope that it it works. Yeah, and I think part of just being self-loathing is just you know you're just making fun of yourself. So if we're if it's a send up of earnestness, then we're then it's a send up of of who Fred and I are. So thanks for pointing that out. If I may, there was one brilliant thing that Carrie said that did not make it into the story I ended up doing where she was describing Portland vis-a-vis -vis Seattle. And she said, there are golden retrievers in the world and there are yellow labs in the world and they're pretty similar dogs, but <laughs> yellow lab owners are content to be like, this is my dog. And golden retriever owners are like, no, I have a special dog. This is, this is not just any dog, this is a golden retriever. And she was saying, Portland is the golden retriever owner and Seattle is the yellow lab owner. Which is not to say that Seattle's not cool. Seattle is cool, but it doesn't have to tell you every day and make sure you know that it's a special dog. And, and New York's kind of like, I got a dog, so what? What are you looking at? Hi, I'm from Portland, and I just want to say that um, I just want to know if you guys had a chance to partake in any of the, uh, the great breweries, or maybe even the Acrop. I mean, those are landmark things in Portland, so. I, I didn't really. I'm not, I'm not a big drinker, but. Uh... I mean, I, I live there. I'm not a big beer drinker, but uh, I like Laurelwood and Hopworks. This is going to get too esoteric, but there's a lot of good beer in Portland. Woohoo! <laughs> we have a question straight back. Hi. Um, I'm wondering, are you guys planning on making a season two? And if not, or if you are, are will there any be future collaborations between you two? Well, we'll always work together. Um, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how it all goes. We'd like to. That would be fun to go back and do some more. More hands raised in the back, in the front. Here we go, right up front. Uh, hi. Uh, 
What has the reaction been in Portland to your show? Um, I think, well, I like to think of the show as just in terms of its relationship to Portland. I've been in the creative community there for a long time, so I see this as part of an ongoing dialogue that Portland creative people and citizens have with it themselves. So I think that it's it's has become part of that conversation there. And, you know, there are people that love it and think it's funny. There are people that don't get it. And, you know, I've never really been interested in making something that's just sort of, um, that creates an ambivalent response in people. So I'm happy that people fall on either side of um, affection for the show in Portland. And it's kind of created an interesting conversation because, you know, Portland's already such a hyper-analytical city. And this is just something now that they can... I guess we can obsess over and I hear about it all the time when I'm walking my dog and and people talk to me about the show I will say when Carrie and I were running around Portland sort of looking for people who we could easily make fun of everybody we met was totally game to talk about how emphatically embarrassingly Portland they were yeah (laughs) that's what's great about Portland We, we did this sketch about dumpster divers and dumpsters, that's not homeless people. Those are like these like people who like try to make a, you know, like have their living is out of garbage. Freakins. You know? Yeah, freakins. And, you know, when we shot it, we didn't even know what we were doing. We're like, I think this kind of exists. But then we sh- the next day we shot up at a farm and uh, one of the extras was totally a dumpster diver. She proclaimed herself a dumpster diver and she said she made her own Wi-Fi. So we knew we were on the right track. <laughs> We have a question left back. Great. Hi, I'm Nikki. I had a question about the last episode, about the sequence about um, a secret word or whatever. I was wondering... The safe word. The safe word. Cacao. How how is that, you know, Portland-y? I don't know. That's a little more... That jumps off it a little bit. I mean, Portland is just... The show is... uh, Portland is a frame and a setting for it. Beyond that, we just we, it's about relationship stuff, and the way we came up with that one is we were going to think, oh, what about wine? There's, there's got to be some kind of a wine sketch we could do. And then we're like, well, what can you say about that? And then we thought, what about chocolate? Those like cacao people who love chocolate. And, and even that, we couldn't figure out what to do. But then who came up with it? Someone thought, like, what if it's, that's a safe word? I don't know who came up with it. And, and then, then who decided that Carrie should play the man and you the woman? That was John. Jonathan, that our director. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I mean, I think that our, I think for both of us, our favorite sketches start with a authenticity and specificity that might seem Portland-like, and but then it veers into the absurd and ends up in the surreal. So we've left the world of Portland far behind. And like Fred said, it's just a launching-off point. And I think as you see further into the season, that it gets weirder, and it's. <laughs> It's, you know, Portland is more of a state of mind than an actual location. And certainly Portlandia is. I don't want you to choose your favorite to the exclusion of all others, but if there's one sketch in particular that people are going to look out for in the rest of the season, do each want to name something that's, like, especially close to your heart? I think we b- both agree that... I could be wrong. I don't want to speak for you. <laughs> but it's the feminist bookstore one because we used to do it as Thunder Ant, too. And it's very easy for us, and we just get to stand in one location and just talk and talk and... That's the most fun for me. Yeah, if Fred and I could live as Tony and Candace, I think we would be happy. 
seriously, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do. I like the Did You Read, which I think um, IFC had on their website for a while. But that that's one of my favorites. And that's just a nice... Um, it really coheres like the writing process and Jonathan, our director's vision, and our, our editor's great acumen. I think that is a really perfect um, little video in that way. I think many people have actually lived that scene, minus the conclusion of it. But if you don't know what we're talking about, I believe it is online. Uh, another question. Question to your right. Hey, um, my mom wants me to ask you guys if you could help me get a job. Um, yeah. Asking an actor and a musician. <laughs> what, what is it that is you do? What is it that you do? Uh, music. Could try acting. Okay. <laughs> music. Those are both yeah. viable. Um, I really, no, I, I, think, I think it is. I think um, maybe for music, try to, if you know any people doing student films, maybe do music for them just so you get your name out there and keep doing that. And acting is kind of an easy thing in that because of, I, I know this is such a cliche to mention it, but like you, YouTube and everything, I think as long as you have a vision and you just keep going, you can you can do anything. It's it's as long as the, you want to do it, that's all you need. Like I got I got to do it, and you know, from Trenchmouth, exactly. I mean, like I thought my life was going to be you know like a failure. I mean, no one came to see Trenchmouth play. This is more than we ever played for. And then, and uh, I, but as long as you keep going, it's like you can really do it. Question to your left back. Hi, I'm also from Portland. My name's Santi. And I was going to ask, uh, how was it incorporating other musicians that you've worked with, like St. Valentine for the Feminist Bookstore, and uh, Claire from Yacht? I think she's also doing stuff on Facebook for you Yeah, guys. she's doing our site for Facebook. It's great. I, 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 the, am I talking too much? Do you want I feel like I'm like... Do you no, wanna, it's fine. I'll just say that like it's great because they all seem so into it like they're so surprised by everything like wow if you know this craft services and food and and craft I, services is the catering it's not putting birds on things yeah. different kind of craft um and i think they're just so excited about it that and it's also fun i like watching i like seeing you know we had um people from the decemberists and stuff and just we're just watching them act is really fun <laughs> You love the way I talk. It's great. Uh, thank you. Question in the middle. Uh, how did you go about choosing the celebrity guests, and who can we expect to see in the rest of the season? Um, well, we, as we were writing the, each uh, sketch, we knew that we wanted to populate some of the bigger characters with, with actors that... But we wanted them to... That I guess people had heard of, but we wanted them to have a, a sensibility that was not totally dissimilar to the show. So... It was pretty intentional. I mean, someone like Steve Buscemi, you know, obviously was a huge privilege for us to work with. Or and Kyle MacLachlan, you know, we thought about Twin Peaks a lot when we were making this show, and and David Lynch, and um, how it kind of had this. It was a dreamy version of the Northwest, and one that as when we were younger, we were all kind of drawn to this magical version of Twin Peaks, and we thought that Portlandia could have that dreamy quality. So. You know, there was people that like that, like Kyle, that we just thought would fit in really well with our world. So that was how we we started off with a list like that. Instead of we wanted them to f to fit in and have and have fun doing it. And then there are Portland celebrities like Mayor Sam Adams, Gus Van Sant. Yeah, Sam Adams, Gus Van Sant. We had James Mercer from The Shins and Broken Bells, Colin from The Decemberists. 
I don't know who else is coming up. Selma Blair is coming up. She's not Jason Sudeikis, Jason Sudeikis Heather Graham. So, question center back. Hey, my name is Scott. I'm from Seattle, and um, I had a cocker spaniel. Um, Fred, you have a lot of experience with the SNL and, and writing things in a very fast pace. You have to get things done uh, by the end of the week, basically, and get them filmed. Was that a similar pace that you tried to take with this film, and did you have to introduce Carrie into this, or was it a lot more relaxed? Oh, it was, it was harder in a way because we had more time. So that's more time to, like, wrestle with stuff, and it, you, you almost have to think, you overthink things a little bit. Whereas with SNL, there's a lot of trust. Like, oh, we'll, we'll figure it out by Saturday or Friday. So it's, it was a little more difficult to like, we had weeks to write stuff. We had other writers. We had Allison Silverman, Jonathan was writing, Carrie. Um, so that was it, was, it was pretty hard. You know, given that you had spent three hours improvising a scene for a, a two-minute sketch, were there sketches that you saw that you were surprised at what they were in the final edit? I think there's a lot of the performance element of Portlandia that's very tangential. And I think that the editors go in and often carve out a story that is surprising or sometimes that will deviate so much from what we thought was the story will like, you know, happen upon something in the, in the sketch <clears throat> and it becomes about that. That yeah, it, it is like, it has that very, it has this rhythm to it that I think we don't have when we're performing. And sometimes it's a, almost a musical kind of rhythm that the editors bring to the show. And that is surprising because that's not what it feels like. I mean, we just say, let the cameras roll. And sometimes the takes are 25 minutes. And, you know, so it's very, very strange. Like to that see. Japanese one, we had no idea that that's what was happening. We really did. You didn't feel it when they shrunk you? <laughs> we knew the shrinking thing was going to happen, right? But we didn't know to what extent. And, like, we. Did not know it was going to come out like that. That was a great surprise. Yeah. Jonathan Kreisel, our director, is a little... He's, he's just a genius. He has, he has these visions in his head. Like, Dream of the 90s was completely something that he had yeah. in his yeah, head. Yeah, talk a little bit about Dream of the 90s, because I think everybody here, if they've seen anything of the show, they've seen Dream of the 90s. Where did that come from? That's Jonathan's idea, and it was, um, it was just that Portland seemed to embody a lot of that. The Dream of the 90s, the song is how the dream of the, of the 90s is still alive in Portland. People, you know, tribal tattoos and piercings and everything. And um, Where young people go to retire is yeah. a line that I've heard spoken again and again. And like, you know, clowning. <laughs> that was like such a, that's such an accepted thing in the 90s. But that's actually real. Like there are clown collective houses in Oregon. Yeah, yeah, it's Portland. like a real thing. Like, yeah. like we're clowns, we're learning how to be clowns. So somebody and turned this into a pop song. Yeah, and we just thought that Portland embodied a lot of that. And I've always wondered, having watched the video more than a few times, what's the gay men's chorus doing there? We invited them. <laughs> All right, next question. We have time for two more. Um, I'm from the Northwest, and I started a sketch comedy group there. And uh, when I moved here to study acting, I started doing it here, too. And uh, it's been kind of intimidating, I guess. And uh, I was just wondering if you had any advice. I've also got a friend uh, back in Portland who's... Uh, working on filming a uh, kind of short episode series that he wrote in high school, and he's working on filming it. What general advice do you have for people who are trying to get started? I would say um, the most important thing is surround yourself with people you like. Surround yourself with people you like and who make you laugh. Because that's the, the memories you'll have is like who's around you. So as long as you do that, you're already there. You know what I mean? Don't think of like the future and how great that's going to be. Just think about your, your present tense and how like nice it is to be around people who, who you like. 
Last question, center back. Hi, yeah, you've mentioned like Tim and Eric and how Jonathan Krizel obviously is the director, and but your editing is also, like it comes together in editing. So are your editors also from Tim and Eric or do you like follow yeah. the same? Yeah, Doug like, Lessenhop is from Tim and Eric. Is it like the same kind of structure and like the way it's run? Is it like... I think it might, might be a little different. I don't know quite how Tim and Eric run everything, but it, it's, I'm, I'm sure there's similarities in the way those two, that Jonathan and Doug work together. Okay, well, that's all the time we have. Thank you so much to Carrie and Fred. Thanks, you guys, for and coming out. And thanks all of you for coming out. Thanks for coming out. Ellen, great job, by the way. Ari Shapiro. Thanks. And thanks to Apple and IFC for hosting this. Thank you guys very much. Uh, Portlandia airs Fridays at 10.30 on IFC. It's Monday now, so plan out the rest of your week because this can happen. So Fridays, 10.30 on IFC. Also, don't forget the Meet the Filmmaker podcast, available for free tonight and many others up there. Uh, if you asked a question tonight, we have 10 IFC bags for you if you asked a question tonight. The first 10 people who asked a question, we remember who you are, please see us off to the right and you'll be able to get a free IFC bag for asking a question tonight. Um, uh, also, apple.com forward slash Soho. Especially this week, you're going to want to keep an eye on this particular website. A lot of great events coming up this week. Uh, Chuck D will be here later on. So apple.com forward slash Soho for when that's going down. And if you don't have a computer handy, iOS device, you can get the free Apple Store app now. Go ahead and download that on your iPhone, iPod Touch, or iPad. You can check off your favorite stores, see what's coming up, find out when people like Chuck D are going to be here. And uh, check yourself in when you arrive. Guys, thank you so much for coming out tonight. We hope to see you next time. You have the best week ever.